it is a joy to be with you. It feels like I'm in um, a family living room um, amongst the, a really close-knit family. I'm going to come a bit closer to you. Is that okay? Fantastic. Um, so thank you for including me in um, just this amazing moment, uh, what I, what's happening right now amongst you. This, uh, this love that I can feel in the room is uh, it's special, and so it's great joy to be with you. Um, I've got a picture of my family. Uh, won't you just show the, show the picture of my family? This is uh, my wife, Sachi, and my little boy. He's 10 today, actually. Um, I'm missing his birthday, but I'll make it up to him when I get back home. And then that's my youngest, Tundi, and uh, they are just super, super special. Um, and hopefully when we are on holiday in your beautiful city, we'll bring them along with us. Um, but um, I, I have um, uh, been in Christian ministry for a while now, and I've had the joy of marrying quite a few people. And I've been at many weddings. I've been at Tom and Okwazi's wedding. And so it's, a, it's, a, it's something that I really enjoy doing. Um, and whenever I'm at a wedding, there's loads of things that I love about the wedding. There's the food, which is always nice. There's the music. There's the speeches, which are special. But like my favorite thing about, about any wedding is, um, is the time when the, when the groom comes down the aisle. And I just end up watching the, the, the sorry, when the bride comes down the aisle, I end up watching the groom. Because whenever you, the, the groom sees the bride, there's always like a reaction of some kind. And I've seen many reactions over the years. Tom was crying like a baby. He <laughs> cried and cried. And, you know, some men cry as embarrassing. And some are like, yo, 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 yo. Some, you know, will, you know, they'll be speechless. They'll just get nervous. Uh, I've seen all sorts of responses to, to their brides. But the, the greatest response I've ever seen is the response mentioned in Ephesians chapter 5 of Jesus to his bride, the church. And there's this one verse. I'm going to read the whole chapter to us in a minute. But it says this, he gave himself up for her. To make her holy. That's his response to you. He gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish. And so, you know, the scripture is used a lot in weddings and I've preached on it in weddings a lot. But right at the end, Paul actually says what I'm actually speaking about is Christ and the church. That's what I'm actually speaking about. And, and, and what it speaks about is that, that God loves His bride, the church. And so I'm not here to share anything new, um, but I, I've, just, I, I've been feeling over this time since I've been asked to join you, just to remind you that the Father loves you, and that you are cared for, and that He's making you a radiant bride. And so, I don't know lots of things. I'm not super clever. I went to a government school, not a private school. So, I'm not super smart. I'm, I'll just lower your expectations right now. But, but I, what I do know, what I do know is that when I have got the love of God in me, there's nothing that I can't do. And so, I just want to bring you something of the love of God tonight, which I believe is in the room already, which we've been singing about, which we're experiencing already. He is for you, not against you. And he's here to bless you and to take you into new ground. And so um, I just want to come and remind you of some things. I watched this movie a long time ago about this guy who loses his memory. Memory is so important. It's called Unknown. 
He forgets who he is. He knocks his head. He forgets who he is. He wakes up. Sorry, I'm just going to spoil the movie now for you because it's an old movie, so you should have already. He, he knocks his head. His wife is having dinner with someone else. He get, he's getting chased by the police, and, uh, and he doesn't know what, why this is happening to him. Right to the end, he spends the whole movie running away. Right to the end, he's being hunted down by this ninja guy who's got uh, ninja moves, and, uh, and he knocks his head again. And as he knocks his head the second time, everything comes back to him. Yeah. He realizes he's actually an FBI agent. He's trained. The music changes. The hunter becomes the hunted. And he starts, you know, fighting this guy. And he remembers everything. Memory is so important. Sometimes we don't need new information. Sometimes we just need to remember the things that we do know already. God is for us, not against us. And God is doing something special amongst you. He's making you into a radiant bride. So, just four quick ideas from Ephesians chapter 5. If you have a Bible, won't you just turn there with me? I'm going to read this together real quick, and I'm going to be done before the power goes out. Anybody single over here? Single people in the room? Hallelujah. Do you like who you're sitting next to? There was a quick, there was a quick amen. <laughs> Let's tell the person, tell the person you're sitting next to. I waited all week to sit next to you. I'm so grateful to be here. If you don't like them, it's too late. It's too late. Ephesians chapter 5. You guys are taking up my time now. Ephes- Come on, let's go. Verse, 20, verse 23. Okay. Ephesians chapter 5. Are you there? Okay. Verse 23, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. And to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you so much for your presence with us. I want to thank you for your love, Lord, for your goodness towards us. And we want to pray, Lord, that you would make it real to us, that it, by your Holy Spirit you would cause us to know something of your moving in our, in our hearts, in, in, in our bones. We would, we would experience something of your love. So come, Spirit of the living God, come and remind us of your great love for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so four ideas from this passage. Uh, number one, we are called out once. To be a church that takes new ground, we need to remember that we are called out Ones. We are ones who have been called by God in love. The verse goes in verse 25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Christ 
loved the church. And that word, the church, we know is the word ecclesia, and it means called out. It's, it, it, it means a group of people that, that were called together and now form a community. Something similar has happened in each one of our lives. We have all experienced the love of God, and now we've been called out. Musa, won't you come here, please? I'm calling you out. Come. Yes, you. You see, he was doing something else over there, and he didn't know that I was going to interact with him and call him up here. He thought he could go to sleep. It's late. And so I called him to myself, and he came. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much for coming. I appreciate that. So many of us should clap harder for that point because we were doing something else when he called us. Yeah. I was in the clubs. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. We were, we were dancing on tables, and he called us to himself. We were, we were distracted with all sorts of things, and we found this grace, we found this love that came into our lives, that broke into our dysfunction, and called us to himself. There isn't a love like that. I've never, dis I've never discovered anything else that comes close to the grace of God that came into my life. I was blind, but now I see. I can say with the, with this, with the, with, with the hymn writer, I was lost, but now I'm found. He put my feet on solid ground. I was doing my own thing. I was, I was drowning in dysfunction, and he, and he saved me. He called me out. He loved me. Christ loved each one of us, and we have all experienced something of His love and His grace in our lives. And today we can say with Paul, I am who I am by the grace of God. It's because He's called you. It's because He's put His love on each one of us in a special way that we are who we are today. And it's because He loves this church that the church will continue to thrive and grow and be all that God's created it to be. We are doing the things that we are doing today. I'm doing the things that I'm doing today because God's called me. Peter was called and he walked on the water. Jesus said, come. And he walked and he did something impossible. He did something that human beings can't do. He walked on water. The reason we're still standing here, the reason you're still going to be okay, the reason the church is going to keep going from strength to strength and glory to glory is because it is called by God. You are called by God. God loves you. He cares for you. And because of that, you're celebrating today. You're walking in faith. You're not perhaps as good and as strong and as holy as you want to be, but you're certainly not where you used to be. It's like me and Jim. I don't look like I go to gym, but you should have seen me before I started going to gym. <laughs> so I, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm certainly not who I used to be. I'm filled with joy and delight because he's called me. There's a love that's come into my life. David danced before the Lord undignified, and he said, listen, it's because God has chosen me and has rejected your father. That's why I'm dancing. I'm filled with joy because he's called me. He's called you. Beloved, I've just come to say a simple thing, that this building is amazing. We've got an amazing facility in, in Joburg in Fort Worth, a great building, but the church is not the building. The church is this over here, the people of God who have experienced the love of God and have been called to God, and now we are the church, the called out ones. And we are strengthened and encouraged and nurtured and sustained by God's love because He has called you. My kids sometimes say, we're going to go to church. My wife will say, no, no, we're not going to church. We're going to the building. 
And, uh, and they would be like, yeah, but that's what we said. We're going to church. And then, and then no, no, we're going, to, we're going to G1, the building. And then my oldest son would be like, okay, mom, okay. What do you want to, what do you want to teach us, mom? We can sense a lesson coming on. And they just say, no, no, the church is the people. The people, the called out ones. The facility is different. You guys are loved by God, called by God. And that's a powerful thing. That's a powerful thing. I, 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 I don't know if you remember when, for the married people, when you first started dating your spouse. Perhaps you're in that phase now. You're in that dating phase. It's exciting, hey? And there wasn't anything you wouldn't do. When you, I remember when I first started dating, you know, my wife, I, I would speed to see her. I'd drive. I'd break the speed limit. Ain't no mountain high. Ain't no valley low. Ain't no river wide enough, baby. I don't care if I get speeding fines. I'm going to see it. There's no money that I wouldn't spend. There's no sacrifice that I wouldn't make. Why? Because there's a great power in love. There's a great power in love. There's all sorts of powers out there that people think we need to use to build the church. There's all sorts of powers that Christians think they need. We need power, the power of money. We need the power of influence. We need the power of good looks and trendy people. Those things are nice to have if you've got them, but they're not necessities because they don't compare to the power of God's love. That's what we need. That's what I need, and that's what we have in Jesus Christ. He loves you. He's for you. He marked you with his love, and he called you to himself. So number one, you are a people who are loved by God. Can I just remind you of that? He loves you. He's for you, not against you. And so you are called out loved ones. Number two, you are holy ones. The second word I want to just draw your attention to in this passage is that Paul says you've been made holy by the sacrifice of Jesus. Verse 25 goes on. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the called out ones, the church, and gave himself up for her to make her holy. So do you hear what he's saying? He's saying that you have been made holy. It's not saying you need to be holy. It's saying you have been made holy holy how by the sacrifice of jesus he gave himself up for her he did something on the cross of calvary for us to make us holy he went to the cross we didn't pull up ourselves by our bootstraps to make ourselves holy no he went to the cross and because he died in my place for my sins on the cross that should have been mine I now am clothed in his righteous robes. I am a holy one. You are a holy one. It's amazing to me. It's, it, it never gets old. It doesn't matter how many times I hear it. I often my heart needs to hear once again, you're saved by grace, not by works, not because of anything that you've done, but, but it's, it's sheer grace so that nobody can boast. It's because he went to the cross. It's good news. It's not good advice. We follow good advice. We celebrate good news. It's, it, if I was to say, this is completely hypothetical, but if I was to say tonight, if I was to come to you and say, listen, breaking news just in, uh, KZN is under attack, we would need good advice about what to do because KZN was under attack. Don't look worried. This is hypothetical. This is not real. It's not really happening. Don't get off Twitter. It's not happening. But we would need good advice what to do. You know, where do we put the RPGs and where must we put the sailboats and which harbor must we secure? We would need good advice and then we would follow the good advice unless somebody else came in and said, breaking news, Justin, 
We've been rescued from the force that was coming to attack us. We are no longer under attack. The good news is that a Savior, a third force has come in and saved us and neutralized the enemy. KZN is safe. There is no reason to panic, everybody. And KZN would then just go crazy. Yeah, we've been saved. We've been rescued. The nuclear bombs have been disarmed. We've been saved. That's good news. And so good news is something that we celebrate. And that's what this text is saying. There's good news about a Savior who has died in our place for our sins, made us righteous. And it's not good advice about something that we need to do to earn His approval. In the city where I live right now in Joburg, we have um, something that, that I call a phenomenon that I call um, alpha moms. Alpha moms are those moms, they're 40 years old, but they look 25 they are executives at APSA Bank, but they homeschool their six children. They uh, make all the cakes for the kids' parties. They don't buy them from Woolies and Pick and Pay. No, they make them. They make a handmade. And then they teach their kids Mandarin on Fridays. Okay. Alpha moms. So I don't know. Do they have alpha moms here? Oh, don't point. Don't point. Because all the other moms are looking at the alpha mom and going, jeepers, man. Now we can't live up to this. We can't, you know, we, how are we supposed to compete with this? We can find light-hearted examples, but, but there, are, there are ways in which we try and prove to everyone else, perhaps even ourselves, perhaps even God, that who we are and what we do is good through works that justify ourselves. And we need to hear once again, it's not your performance that earns your approval He's gone to the cross for you, for me. He's died in our place for our sins. He's made us holy, and we can rest in His grace because we are holy ones. So we're going to take new ground as we continue to remember that we are holy ones and celebrate that identity. Then number three, we are radiant ones. We are radiant ones. I love that word radiant, verse 27, and to present her to himself as a radiant church. I don't know who you would consider radiant. Perhaps you've got a picture of your kids on the phone or in your wallet. Perhaps your fiancé is radiant to you. And you just, you know, you just tell everybody about your fiancé. Or you're one of those parents who are just fo- posting Facebook pictures of the kids all the time. And all the single people are like, don't you have anything else in your life? <laughs> but that's, perhaps it's your car. Maybe you've got a photo of your car in your wallet. You, that's your car is radiant to you. But Paul is gushing over the church, the, the Apostle Paul who wrote this, and he says, the church is radiant to me. It's a, it's a radiant one. And, and it's, a, it's a beautiful thing because it, it, it speaks about how we are, we are being purified. It, it's a process that he's speaking about. Every spot, every blemish is being taken away from the church. We're not, we're, we're not where we want to be, we're not, but we're not who we used to be. We are being made radiant. And, and in that process of being made radiant, something special is happening. The church has been purified and beautified. And, and the Lord Jesus is not going to stop making you radiant. He's not going to give up on making you all that you were created to be. In, in Japanese culture, my wife is Japanese. They have this uh, ancient art of kintsugi. And it's, it's an ancient art where they take broken things and they don't discard them. But they take broken things and they, and they mend them with this golden lacquer. 
It's a beautiful art, especially in a cultural moment where broken things and broken people are so disposable, where we so quickly replace broken things and broken people. We have a picture of the gospel over here. The Lord Jesus is making us radiant. He, he comes to repair. He comes to renovate. He comes to renew. He doesn't discard. The good news is that there's new life that can be found out of brokenness. And so even in brokenness, we can celebrate. Even in brokenness, we can rejoice in the gospel because the Lord Jesus is renewing all things. And, you know, this process of renewal is something that's happening in, in your life, something that's happening in my life. It's ex we've experienced it, we know it, and we know He's going to bring it to completion. And it's not only something that's happening in our lives as individuals. The text says He's going to renew, He's going to make the whole church radiant. And, and in and other texts it says that He's not only going to make the, the, the whole church radiant, the whole cosmos is going to be renewed. The, 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 the whole world, the, the, the beautiful Drakensberg Mountains, which is amazing, it's under a curse. It's, 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 it's got bondage to decay. And the Bible says that he's going to make everything new. There are Old Testament figures that, that had amazing power over nature. They parted seas and they made fire come from heaven. But nobody thought that they could ever renew and break the curse that's over the whole cosmos. The Lord Jesus Christ will. And he's going to make all things new. He's going to renew everything. And he's doing that even right now. In our lives, and there's nothing that compares with that. And the other thing about that word radiant is that the root word for radiant is the word doxa, which is the same word for glory. And so he's speaking about this glory. There's a there's a glory about the local church that, that he's busy developing in us. And any old testament reader who would have heard that. They would have known what glory speaks about. They would have remembered the glory of the Lord that led the people out of slavery into freedom. The glory cloud, the fire cloud that led them. And then they would remember how the, the glory of the Lord filled the temple and, and rested amongst the people. And then they would remember how the glory left the temple because of the idolatry of the people. And then the New Testament opens up and says the glory of the Lord is back. The Spirit of God is going to rest on the people of God, and it's going to make us holy. And that's, that's part of the promise. We need the Holy Spirit. That's part of the promise. The promise is for you and for all who are far off. He's given His Holy Spirit to make us radiant, to purify us. Sometimes we can forget who we are. Like that, like that guy in the movie, we can forget. It's like we've had a, a little bit of amnesia. And, and the Bible says that the Spirit testifies with our spirit who we are, that we are children of God. It's like I can forget that I'm a child of God. I, don't, I know it in my head, but I don't feel it in my heart. And the Holy Spirit needs to fill me up and fill you up again to remind you of who you are. You're a child of God. You're loved. You're, you're firmly in His grip. And so just tonight, won't you just say again, come and remind me, Spirit of the living God. Who we are as a people, we're children of God. I don't know um, what happens when bridesmaids are, are doing the bride's hair in, in that room. I've always wanted to know what happens in that, that room when they're doing the makeup and it's, what do they say to each other. And I'm sure it's really special things, you know. But for me as the pastor, I'm always waiting for this to finish because they're always late. I'm just... I'm on, you know, I'm not complaining, I'm just saying. <laughs> so we're waiting, me and the groom, we're waiting, 
And what that makes me think about is that the Holy Spirit is like this, this one that comes and does the spiritual makeup in our hearts and purifies and removes spots and blemishes. But sometimes it takes a little bit of time. It takes a bit long, longer than we might want sometimes. But just know again, church, He's making you radiant. With all this, this, the blemishes and spots and bruises that we as individuals and we as the church experience from time to time, it might take some time, because maybe you want to say that to yourself, this might take some time. Husbands, say that to your wives. I might take some time. <laughs> I'm in a process of being renewed. Be patient with me. The church is being renewed. It might take some time, but he's turning us into a glorious church, a church that will take new ground and go from glory to glory. And then lastly, we're a people on mission. We're a people on mission. Uh, Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which, of which he is the savior, verse 23 says. He, he, it says that he's the head of the body. So, so we, are the, we are the body, he is the head. Uh, the body has got stuff that bodies do. Your body does stuff. You, some of you are athletes, you, you do stuff with your body, you run with your body, you take your body to work, your body packs boxes and, and lifts things and draws things and measures things. The body has a mission. And Jesus is the head of the body. He's the one that's leading the mission. But the body is on a mission. We're doing stuff right now in this moment. I love that video because it reminds us that there's a, there's a world out there that needs the church to, to be serious and to be passionate and to be clear about the mission that we are on. The body of Christ is, is, the, only, is the only one that, that Jesus has said, this is the one that I identify with as the head. I'm, going to be the, I'm not going to be the head of anything else. The other things are important. Government is important. Business is important. NGOs are important. But Jesus says, I'm the head of the church. And I'm going to change. I'm going to bring the renewal that I'm going to bring through the church. You and I are his hands and feet in this area code. He is on the move. And he has got one church that he wants to do it through. He wants to be on mission, changing lives through you and me. And it's important to him. It's so important to him that, that Paul discovered that the, the hard way. He was trying to stop the mission from happening. He was persecuting the church. He was killing the Christians. And what did Jesus do to him? Slapped him off his high horse and uh, appeared to him in blazing light and humbled him on the spot. When you stop the mission of the church, Jesus stops you. This is important to him and it ought to be important to us. The mission what Jesus is doing right now all over the world through the local church is so important. Our heart should be, should be beating. Our passion should be white hot for the mission of the local church. Jesus is on the move, and we are his body. And we're not a weak body. We're not a no body. We're a strong body. Jesus says, you're my body. And if we're his body, we're a strong body. He says, listen, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. That means that, that nothing can stop the local church. That means that with all of our imperfections, with, with the fact that we're in process being made radiant, nothing and no one can stop you as a Christ follower on mission for God if you would give yourself wholly to it. You're powerful and strong. There's nothing and nobody like the local church that's able to bring about God's renewal 
in your area code, where you are, in your office, in your school, in your classroom, in your family. Listen, won't you just celebrate once again that you are a strong body. You're Christ's hands and feet. You are able to make a difference in this area. We are able to take new ground. The promise is there. We can appropriate it because we are the body of Christ. Hallelujah. So we are a body on mission for the Lord Jesus, being His hands and feet. Local churches are the vehicle through which He's bringing this renewal. You are precious and loved in His sight. He cares for you. And He sends His Holy Spirit to fill us up, to bring about the strengthening that we need, the equipping that we need. So I just want to close now by just, by just pausing and asking for the Holy Spirit to just fill you afresh, fill me afresh. As we, as we take new ground as a, as, a, as, a, as a people who have been loved by Jesus, when we just ask Him to strengthen us. Ben, won't you come on up? Let's stand together. Just love that song that we were singing earlier on. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and change the atmosphere. Your glory, Lord, is what our hearts long for, to be overwhelmed by your presence, Lord. Well, that's our prayer. I know we're going to have some fun in a moment, but just we just come before you. We want to pray that you would strengthen us, that you would fill us up. Lord Jesus, you are our head. Perhaps if we've just taken our eyes off the head, we in this moment want to put our gaze firmly on you again. If we've been just building on other foundations, we just want to come to you right now. We, we don't want to build on foundations of romance or success or money or popularity or anything else, Lord. We want to build on you. You are our head. So won't you just, maybe you want to just come to him today again and just recommit yourself to him and to his purposes. You want to invest yourself fully. Go all in for the purposes of God. Maybe that's what you want to do in this moment. And just allow Him to fill you up to overflowing. Man, there's nothing like the gospel. God loves us. He cares for us. And He sent His Holy Spirit to fill us up. There's nothing like it. And we're in a world that needs the gospel. You're in a context of KZN that needs the gospel. You're amongst desperate people that need it. And so I want to pray right now. Spirit of the living God, won't you come and fall fresh on us? Won't you fill us up and send us out in your power to live, to work, to your praise and to your glory for your good. And so we say, come Holy Spirit. Fill us up. We cry out, Lord, along with all creation. We cry out. Fill us up, Lord. Bring your renewal. Strengthen us, Lord. Come, Spirit of God. We want to put you first in our lives. We want to, we want to make you King of kings and Lord of lords in our lives. We worship you, Lord. Just pray out where you are. Lord, we want to worship you, Lord. We want more of you, Father. Come, Spirit of the living God. Just, just, just keep pushing in for a moment longer.